This is Richard Lett, and you're listening to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Looking for the perfect hassle-free gift? Give the gift of laughter. Visit yuckyucks.com to purchase and print gift certificates instantly. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What is going on, my little yuckamaniacs? It is I, your host, Jake Hirsch. Thank you so much for joining me on this uh, wonderful episode. So I, I, I'm just going to jump right into it, folks, because uh, I, I, I am just the story is fresh in my mind, and I, I, I want to tell it. Uh, I actually went down and did a little amateur night uh, down at Yucks uh, last Thursday and uh, met the host there that night, a guy by the name of Hunter Collins, who happens to be our guest on the show today. Yes, Hunter Collins. Uh, went down, hung out, uh, did a little set, and uh, yeah, Hunter was the host. And uh, I got to see him do a little bit of stuff in between some of the sets. I didn't get to see him perform uh, an entire set. So, um, But uh, I was actually interviewing him the following day, I think. I think it was the following day or the day after, one of the two. Uh, it would have been the day after. My apologies. So yeah, I go down, room full of amateurs. Myself included, I meet Hunter Collins, uh, you know, not sit down and talk type of a thing, but, uh, you know, meet him. Hey, how's it going? I'm Jake. Uh, you know, would you mind pumping the uh, comedy, the Yuck Yucks comedy podcast for me on stage here? Uh, the only problem there was that there was like eight other people in the room and uh, they were all comedians. I think there was probably three fans there. I think my girlfriend, uh, my buddy. And uh, my buddy's girlfriend. And uh, yeah, the rest of them were comedians. So uh, not the grand entrance that I had uh, kind of envisioned for myself uh, being up on the Yuck stage. Because uh, it was a real honor to actually go up there uh, and perform in front of that. Uh, in front of that, I don't know what it is. It's something about seeing that picture, that logo behind you that says, this is a staple of comedy in Canada. And I'm performing in front of it. At some point, I pray to God someone takes my picture or takes some video or whatever the hell and, and you know, kind of uh, uh, immortalize me for life because, I you know, I can say, hey, I, you know, performed at Yuck Yucks. Yeah, to eight people. Yuck. <laughs> Not Yuck's fault. It was a really shitty night as far as the weather was concerned. It was blizzarding. Roads were really, really bad. Uh, I walked into the club and it was packed. I mean, it, it was uh, it was a really big, big crowd there, and they were all there to see uh, Damon Schritter, uh, of course, uh, our guest today, Hunter Collins, and at the headliner at the time was Sonny Dollywall, and uh, so yeah, I walked in, I thought, oh Jesus, this is gonna, this is dynamite, this is uh, this is great, it's like a hundred, you know, hundred and something people here, 
this is uh, this is going to be a good good show for us. Good opportunity here to to perform in front of a big big crowd. Yeah, everybody got up and left. Um, I think that eight was counting the waitress that was there as well, a real sweetheart. But anyway, what I managed to take away from this night was that sometimes it's very it's very difficult to perform in front of your peers. Everybody in the room is there doing the exact same thing you are. Everyone's nervous. Everyone's kind of walking around a little fidgety. You know, everyone's kind of working out the kinks and working out the nerves a little bit. Some people are drinking. Lord knows I was. Uh, and, and, you know, a couple of shots of courage doesn't hurt anybody. But uh, anyway, uh, good show. There was actually some really funny amateur comedians there. And it was just, it was amazing going and seeing uh, these people. And there's a lot of people there that actually, uh, you know, hit comedy rooms every single night of the week. It's it's impressive. And I just, I got to respect that, man. I love that. I love seeing people going out there and uh, and trying stuff out and not not being afraid to kind of hang it out there. Uh, there was one dude that was there um, and he got up on stage. I don't really, I still don't understand what the hell he was talking about, but uh, it was funny because I went on, I think it was like two people after him and then I saw him in the bathroom and he was absolutely obliterated. Uh, definitely was just power drinking right before he got up on stage. And uh, and I saw him in the bathroom and I think he had just got done getting sick and, and uh, looked over and he said, uh, hey man, that was a great set, dude. You're funny. And I was like, hey, thanks. I really appreciate it. Why don't I buy you a drink? Okay, no, I didn't say, why don't I buy you a drink? No, I just said, thanks, man. You know, it's really cool. And, and uh, you know, I, of course, uh, returned the uh, the compliment and said, hey, you know, you've got some really interesting stuff up there. I didn't really know what to say. Uh, but uh, all these little experiences all kind of come full circle uh, when you're trying a little bit of a life out in comedy and, and trying all these new new things. Uh, you you see some of the same people at, uh, at the rooms uh, during the week, like I said. And it, it's just, it's it's a very interesting subculture. And I love it. I fucking love it. I really do. Uh, the people that I meet every week are just some of the, just the greatest people. And, uh, you know, from amateurs to pros to everybody, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's just, it's a great, great community. So uh, I encourage everybody to go out there and support local comedy. Uh, it, it's something that, uh, I don't know. It's I, I never really uh, thought about getting into comedy. I never really thought about doing stand-up. But the more people you meet and the more times you go out there on stage, I can see where the addiction kicks in. You know? It, 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 comedy is an addiction. Let's face it. We all need to get that laugh. We need to get that... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, and I've interviewed a lot of people and some of them have said similar things. And maybe somebody, have, you know, not all of them have been honest about where it comes from. But I just think you got to be born with it, man. You got to be born with it. This isn't something that you can teach. I think this is something that is is organic and and it comes from within. And uh, it's I'm just going to say it right now. It's just a real honor seeing people going out there and honing their craft. It's like watching artists, you know, form something. It's uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm too fucking deep about it. I don't know. Either way. Um, Good times and great job by Hunter Collins hosting the comedy uh, amateur night at Yucks. So I go and I meet Hunter at the old Yuck Yucks hangout, the old Yucks condo. And uh, I don't really know what to think because I didn't really get a chance to to chat it up with him. He seemed like a really nice guy uh, when I met him on Thursday. Um, But I'm just going to say this. Hunter Collins is probably one of the nicest guys I think I've ever met in my entire life. He is such a genuine dude. 
And it sounds like I, you know, like uh, like I'm kissing his ass for some reason. I really don't have any reason to, other than the fact that he was just such a nice guy, and we just had immediately started laughing and, and getting into really deep, deep conversation. It was right about that time he conveys to me that he is Cal Post's roommate, and uh, I'm absolutely blown away. I'm like, well, you know what? I got along great with Cal, so I guess it makes sense that I got along great with you. This is a great interview. I implore you guys to stick around to the very, very end. Hunter Collins has got a fascinating background uh, and sounds like just such a great and supportive family and a very funny dad, by the way. But we talk everything comedy. We talk about Umber College. We talk about how he got here and what's up next. But I'm not going to spoil it. Let's go talk to Hunter Collins. Really? Yep. Holy shit. That's yep. impressive. Man. Yeah. Pretty sure. Man. What's your favorite club to go to? Uh, Calgary, I'd say. I'm not, yeah. I'm not pandering. I really like <laughs> you're, not, you're not pandering to the masses right now? No. But this, yeah, this one's the, I don't know, they just, I love this condo. and. Uh, Everyone's had great things to say about uh, about the Calgary Yuck Yucks. If every club could be like Calgary Yuck Yucks, it'd be, uh, there'd be a lot more comedians. There know? would. <laughs> there'd be a, a dynamite uh, insurge of, uh, of comedians in the business. I just looked at the, uh, I think it was the Montreal one. Mm-hmm. Is there one in Montreal? Yeah, yeah it's about a year they and looked, a half It looked old. really small. It is. I always just, I don't know why I always think that the, the Calgary is just like the flagship of every other Yuck Yucks. Like in my mind, I always think this is what all of them look like. Yeah, there's like, uh, there's a few clubs that are that are the size of Calgary. Calgary one. But, but yeah. Montreal, there's like, there's three English-speaking clubs in Montreal now. Oh, really? And one French-speaking club. So there's a lot of competition for so they the do, comedy dollar. They got like all French comedy. Yes. The, I think the first one in Canadian history, if I'm not... Uh, wrong really <laughs> yeah it's crazy i had no idea yeah mike ward and uh five other comics five or six other comics open it up it's called bardel brothel wow and uh every show is 15 bucks they're open wednesday through sunday no way and uh whoever needs to try stuff out they go they go do it there because they never had club comedy in quebec before everyone right. works towards galas so oh really you know, no there's this concept of like grinding it out in the Dingy Rooms is a foreign concept in French comedy. So it's yeah. the first... But Mike Ward, he's, he does both sides. Oh, and so, so he knows what it's like to, on the English end, yeah. So he's got a kind of a toe in each uh, each deep end of the water. Then, yes. So he knows what to bring. He's to the... a platinum-selling DVD no uh, in French. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. So he's huge. But, and in, in English, he's like he's really good, but he's nowhere near as known. Right, right. And uh, so, yeah, he, I think he just um, wanted to bring bring that club vibe to... Montreal and Quebec him, and French speaking Canada. Yeah, yeah, That's he's amazing. great. He's uh, up on like uh, hate speech charges at really? the Human Rights Tribunal. Are you serious? For yeah, what? yeah. What did he do? He's got this, he had this bit about um, this kid who went on like a Quebec's Got Talent type show. Right. And he had some kind of real bad disease where no way where he's deaf and he's like he um, he's some like some kind of physical deformity. Right. And, uh, 
I mean, I don't want to do Mike's bit, but basically, he says the kid is. It was like a Make a Wish Foundation thing where he got to sing for the Pope and Celine Dion and shit. Wow! But he sucks at singing because he's deaf, and and his name's the Little Jeremy. And the crux of the joke is that it was a Make a Wish Foundation thing, and five years later, he's still fucking alive. <laughs> so it was like all this fucking hoopla over somebody who they expected to live probably like a year or two. Or yeah, something. but he's still he's still going, and because of his bit on this high selling DVD, right? Uh, the kid has been like getting death threats and stuff Holy like that. Shit. From like basically saying like you're using this as a as a way to kind of get some attention and some. Well, it's the people are, are are coming out and like bullying him online, like just people who've heard Mike's material and just he's just getting shit thrown at him by proxy, you know, just because he came up with the bit. Holy Jesus! Yeah, that's the Mike Ward story. No way. Yeah. So, anyways, he had he's got to testify himself in February. But wow, uh, they had the so he's actually got to go to court and everything. Yeah, yeah. They just had the first stage at the end of September. There, the preliminary hearings or whatever. Dude, that is that's not a bad shtick actually if you can uh, if you can get i mean if you come up with a good uh, make a wish man that'd be pretty dumb yeah. anyway, right like i want to hang out with brad pitt for the day or some shit some crazy some crazy fantasy so i have terminal eczema <laughs> the skin is gonna die eventually i need somebody to fulfill the wish uh hunter collins man yo man hey Jake. dude how are you I'm very well, thanks. Dude, you uh, you were killing it the other night there on uh, Thank you. on Thursday. I was I was down at the club and uh, and you stayed and you hosted the uh, the amateur hour, which you probably were regretting at this point. No, <laughs> come on, I love seeing <laughs> nah, the new like, crop of talent come up. I really do, yeah, and I like seeing the different cities um, crop. You know, like it's rare. I well, Cal- Calgary, you get to do a lot of shows here, but even yeah. if I'm like in St. John's or something, I like checking out the. The, the independent rooms and yeah. just because people come through uh, Toronto all the time and right, I run right. a show at a vapor uh, vapor lounge. No way. Yeah, on Thursdays called Third Class Thursdays, and nice. um, so I like to just let, let people know when they're passing through. You know, uh, I'll scratch your back. Come get a little paid set at my show. Wow. And, no shit. Yeah. How long have you been in comedy for, man? Uh, I, I guess I, I went to Humber in two thousand two. Is that is that college? Yeah. Humber college? Yeah, it's a yeah. comedy program. Okay. And. Um, like a lot of the guests you've had on, on, on your podcast. I've heard the name before, but I've never actually talked about it before. Yes, yeah, Humber really. School of Comedy. And wow. um, so I went there when I was 19. Right. And uh, I got into kind of sketch right out of, right out of the gate. And then mm-hmm. I had a, like sort of like a comedy metal band for a while. No way. Called Proposterous or a two-man metal band. And then, uh And then um, just none of that shit makes you any money. Right. So, <laughs> and uh, I started doing more stand-up and it became my true love and... Were you were you like a performer coming up? Were you like always in drama and school plays? Yeah, and, yeah. I went to an arts arts high school. Called, oh no way! Called Face stood wow. for Fine Arts Core Education. So we had drama, visual arts, singing, instrumental music. Every so you day. knew from like very young age you were destined for the stage. Um, I don't know. I always wanted. I was always a ham. Right. I always got off. I always got off on making people laugh. But right. Um, I didn't. I didn't know I was going to be a comedian ever. It never occurred to me until. I was maybe 19, that maybe I could do this. Wow. Where are you from? Like Montreal, originally. So I'm oh, from Montreal? Mo- yeah, from Montreal. I'm, yeah, I moved to Toronto in You speak French? Parfaitement, merci. Oh, damn, man. I'm always impressed when people can speak French for some crazy reason. Well, I guess it's, I don't know, you, you learn it young and you take it for granted. Yeah. But now I understand how hard it is to learn a second language. Jesus, if I were to just try to pick up Mandarin or Esperanto. <laughs> It would be it would be tough tough work ahead of you. If you Esperanto were just never took off, eh? 
I've never even heard of that before. Oh, it's the it's the universal language. Really? Yeah. Holy shit! And this, uh, of what universe though? It's like someone <laughs> I've tried. I've never to, even heard of this before. Yeah, someone tried to make some hybrid super language. Really? So you that's just, like viable for everybody. Yeah, it's crazy. Yes, yeah, so if you're saying like I'm going to the market, it's like je going ting tao empanada. Something like that. That's dynamite, man. I, I hope that didn't come off as insensitive. I was just oh, speaking no. Esperanto. <laughs> you were just <laughs> staying true to the roots yeah. of Esperanto. It's a real uh, thing, though. Look, check it out. <laughs> All right. So you grew up in uh, grew up in Montreal. Mm-hmm. What was your uh, What was it like growing up over there, man? I've never um, talked to anybody that grew up in Montreal before. Well, I grew up an English speaking kid in Montreal. Which is there really like a divisiveness in? in there was Quebec? at times. There was at times, and right. especially when you're young, when you're kids, yeah. you know, because you just look for anything to pick on someone about right so right. language was a big one you know especially sure. like like in, in in the 95 referendum you know we were all like barely teenagers so was that when is that because you got to excuse my ignorance but is that is that like when is that, is that back when like quebec wanted to separate and yes all that stuff okay yeah so, so it was pretty pretty tense uh, times back then yeah and you know i was only alive for the 1995 referendum right and but you know you're 12 years old and it's like it was like People's parents are probably filling their heads with all kinds of bullshit. Sure, sure. So you know, we even when we played sports, it was like English kids against the French kids. No way. And yeah, yeah. And people would say awful stuff. And um, or even you'd just be walking down the street, and uh, someone would tell you this was the big line in French. They would say, "We're in Quebec. We speak French here." If they overheard you speaking Speak English. English. One time, like my mom was pushing me in a stroller. Right. I'm like one year old. Right. And she's just telling me to stop kicking my shoes off of my feet or something. And like some assholes walk by and go, hey, in Quebec, we speak French here. So in French, my mom goes, oh, yeah, eat shit. <laughs> no uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and then gives him the finger and says, this is bilingual. Oh, isn't no that a way. boss that line? That is awesome, man. Fuck, my mom, mom was, was like boss, dude. Was hard-headed Irish woman. Holy shit. Yeah. That's your origin. Irish. Irish Ukrainian. Irish Ukrainian. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Remember that you were saying that on stage there. Yeah, I'm a McUke. That's a fierce combination, man. Oh yeah, lots of scrappy guilt and Irish. <laughs> Irish are scrappy. Yep. Tough, tough guys. Yeah, I don't know if that's me though. I'm, I'm more like the Irish guy who goes hi, 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 and hides underneath a pot of gold for shelter. You're the lucky charms Irish guy. Yes, I'm terrified of physical conflict. <laughs> oh my god, man! So. Wow, man. So, uh, family, how important was that coming up? Were they pretty supportive of you getting into these types of programs? And, and yeah, I mean, my dad, my my folks are artists, so they do glass, no uh, etch glass. No way. And so, like, anytime you see like a design on glass or anything like that, that's yeah. the kind of stuff my parents do. Holy shit! And um, and my dad used to be a drummer, and um, so, so like pretty artsy people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I think the reason I wound up in art school is more because of my dad and my mom right. just said, yeah, said, Go for looks it, good because yeah. wow. they ran the business together. And uh, I think when I started getting into comedy and it started looking like this was what I was going to do and not like go back to school yeah. for advertising or some god awful thing. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, apologies for anyone advertising out there but you're right criminals now, some advertisers are like mother son of a bitch I knew this was gonna happen um, I think my mom was a bit more apprehensive because she knows how hard it is to be sure. um, like a con- contractor basically yeah, which is what we yeah, do yeah. But my dad is a real hedonist, and so he was always just like, yeah, yeah, go do it. And he's do always it. calling me up with his jokes. <laughs> See if you can work on these for me. Yeah, yeah he calls, he calls me up once. He goes, he just leaves a message, and uh, he never introduces himself. You know, he's just like, 
Uh, so I just said, like, you have one new message. And I hit one. He goes, I was thinking, who is it who puts the stickers on the fruit? Every last stupid fucking plum. Don't you just want to kick his ass? And then he hangs up. <laughs> He's great observations, yeah. man. I don't want to kick the plum sticker guy's ass. <laughs> That's such a great fucking insight, though. <laughs> I, I never realized that until I get pissed off enough to actually peel the sticker off some of the fruit I'm eating. Right? That's totally true. Every fucking plum. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but you know what? It's funny, though, because, I mean, those observations can really... I mean, that's a lot of what comedy's all about. I mean, yeah. it's like what your observation in life is, and it's, it's going to be funnier than what someone else's observation. But what I've learned in the last little while, and, of course, even just watching, like, this amateur night, and I'll just talk about that because sure. we were both there... Um, it really boils down to a lot of delivery, how people coordinate these jokes and how they put it out to the audience. And because when I was driving home, like there's times when I look up on stage and I see somebody perform and I'm like, oh, fuck, like I feel bad. I feel like I need to laugh out of obligation because I feel sorry if something's not going well for them. Right. So if I see someone up there struggling, I feel this really intrinsic need to kind of like overcompensate a little bit and, and try to <coughs> laugh, laugh for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, what I've also realized is that uh, you know, as I was driving home, that's that work, night, though. It's to, yeah, and, and like, to laugh for somebody on purpose. <laughs> like, imagine a whole crowd had to laugh. Like everyone, cause sometimes you do that for a whole show. Sure, like you just laugh for your friends, and after you feel kind of drained yeah, in a bad way. Absolutely, absolutely. And I don't know what that is, but I know that when I, I think was lying home, is exhausting. Is exactly, what it is. it's just putting on something that's not really truthful. Yeah. and I think that's draining. But uh, but as I was like making this journey home, I was thinking to myself like. I'm sure viably it is funny in that person's eyes. Like their observations in life are probably legitimately fucking funny. <clears throat> it's just the delivery to get that out there to the audience doesn't always transfer over. Yeah, I guess there's a lot of ins and outs, isn't there? You there know? is. You craft jokes really well, though. Like you, you work really, really well with your your material, man. Like oh, you're, well, thank you're you. very slick. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, with the show you saw, it was just a hosting thing, and we were right. trying to get like 14 acts on and off so really I was just trying yeah. to do like a springboard joke off everyone's material and yeah. after a while you sort of have enough breadth of material that you can like find something about whatever yeah, yeah, candy yeah. or something about going to the movies or something whatever anyone talks like sure. grandparents so I was just trying to do little one liners there right know? right right yeah it's interesting though like did you how long did it take you to work at that and, and how like tell me about when you first started getting into comedy like when you're tell <sighs> me about the first first time you got you actually went up was it an amateur night was it it was the humber night so humber so actually you had some rents kind of training before that with the they kind of gave you some opportunities there but they the just school. throw you in the throw you in the pool right like so it was like the first or second week of class and uh you know i, I was a fan of stand-up so i'd watched a lot and i auditioned to get in the program with a mm. little stand-up routine i'd crafted that you know it would be it would be really embarrassing now you know like right. i'm really <laughs> There's one joke I had it was uh, this is this is where where I started out. It was like I watched a lot of late night too, so it was like late night jokes. Yeah. So the first one was like, "Hey, Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau just died. <laughs> it's too bad. I heard they were uh, you know they were in, they were in Grumpy Old Man and Grumpy Old Man. I heard they were even going to make a Grumpy Est Old Man, and then even a uh, part four called Dead Guys, and then even after that a part five called The Rolling Stones." <laughs> So, I don't know. Standing it's, applause. It's oh, yeah, standing huge. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so just, I just threw me on stage at, uh, at Yuck Yucks on the Tuesday night. Because hum Humber College gets a night a week, a Tuesday show kind of every week. Showcase college, some of their students. Yeah, the college pays to 
Yuck Yucks. No way. To uh, have this show. And it's fun. And it's great because you can go up as alumni too. Right, and right. Like I, I use that show to get a lot of material. Sure. Uh, get some legs under the material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I remember I did pretty bad. Did you? Yeah. But I, I, I lied to my, to my parents. Told them it went great. <laughs> so you didn't invite them down for this? Yeah. Oh, no. They were not going to drive to <laughs> Toronto from Montreal for a three-minute set. A three, that's, a, that's the greatest thing when I, 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 when I talk to people and they're like, how long are you going up for? I'm going up for five. And they expect you to have like a one-hour special. Mm. They want to come and see you perform. And I'm like, no, no. You know, 10 years down the road, come and see me maybe. But yeah. Yeah, people's perception of comedy is very, very funny because they always think that, well, you've been doing this for a couple months. Why are you not getting a 10-minute, 20-minute set? It yeah. doesn't work like that, man. And some people do get great after three months. And really some quickly. people, it takes like 10 years. Yeah. Like to even like get like a 10-minute set together. Sure. Were you pretty comfortable right off the bat? Like were you comfortable on I think I was funny stage? to my peers. Right. I, I, was, I wasn't comfortable on stage. No, and I didn't know how to, t- I didn't know how to be comfortable. Yeah. It was also... Um, it's like a heightened state of awareness, you sure. know, and I, so I was sort of, um, I, w- I was rushing through stuff and right. forgetting bits and like just having stall moments where you just don't know what to say for like, I don't know, seven seconds, which right. is a dreadful amount of it's silence a long on stage. time on stage, yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, I, I, I was funny in class with my friends where I was comfortable, but I think for the public, it took me a while to warm up and actually playing in a band was good for that because we our metal band we were nuts like we were there wearing we we're in our underwear with body paint no way spewing blood out of our mouths and give <laughs> pretending to give birth to babies behind the drum kit and what was the name of this band preposterous preposterous yeah and we had uh we even had a character called puking chicago bulls werewolf <laughs> and puking chicago bulls werewolf was a it was a, a Rubber werewolf mask right. attached to a starter Chicago Bulls jacket on a coat hanger, and we'd prop him up on a mic stand, and we ran a shower head out of its mouth, and then we'd have a buddy backstage on the mic doing the voice of Chicago Bulls werewolf. No so way. we'd just be like, "Hey, uh, Chicago Bulls werewolf, I was, uh, I was just uh, at the old folks' home there uh, sucking people's bed sores uh, dry," <laughs> and then the wolf would go. Oh. <laughs> like yeah yeah and after that i uh went over to the set of the view and let rosie o'donnell uh pop her uh, back knee into my mouth <laughs> oh, and the bo- werewolf would be like oh oh god and there's like oh yeah and i just listened to the new three days grace album <laughs> and the werewolf would stomp on a bottle yeah and i was connected to the hose and the wolf would puke tomato juice all over my back no way so and just doing all that dumb stuff and literally being naked on stage that's I think helped, crazy uh, man open me up a little bit so did you guys just look at the guar model and just say like we're gonna just go at this about yeah, a, times yeah, a lot of gore a lot of uh horror movies evil dead right. uh, and also like conan o'brien characters that they brought out and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. we had a a robot that had a you uh, a funnel for a mouth no way. And then you'd pour beer in his mouth, and it would come out of his robot dick. <laughs> so we'd get, we'd get people to come on stage and suck beer out of the robot's dick and stuff. And it's a lot of fun. That is crazy, man. Yeah, it was How like Conan O'Brien characters with a, with a metal twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long did you play, play in that band for? Five years. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. But like, here's why I much prefer stand-up comedy to well, music or sketch comedy. Yeah. Like, in music, it was crazy. It'd, it'd be like... 3 a.m. on a Tuesday night, you'd be an hour and a half outside of your hometown. Sure. Playing for a $50 bar tab if you're lucky. Right, right. Like, And you have to tear down your bloody drums and load it in. It's like 
cold outside. Your hands yeah. are freezing, clutching cymbals. And, yeah. And then when even when you played, to me, it was hard to get that satisfaction like the um, from performing because we're trained to clap at the end of songs, right. whether we enjoyed the song or not. Sure. And it's not like... Um, if with comedy, you live and die with every five to ten seconds, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, and it's honest, and you, you earn every reaction, good or bad. Absolutely. And with, with music, it's like, it could be on in the background. And I really got... I, it, I saw people just clapping because, just because. Right, right. And I was like, that's when I, I sort of clicked for me. I was like, fuck this. Yeah. I want to go. I want to go earn my failures and triumphs. Right, right. Do you think it's kind of a shared thing though? Like when you're in a band and you're, if you guys like, you know, if you fuck up something, it's it's you're not feeling as bad because there's there's a couple other guys on stage. There's that, and there's definitely that in sketch comedy too. You know, if you bomb, it's like ah, well, we all did it together. We all did it. Yeah. There's kind of a shared responsibility there. Yeah. So it lets you off the hook a little bit on the failure, but then on the success, you got to share that too. And if you, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Goddamn ham, like I said, I want it. (laughs) You want my stage time? I want my time. Yeah. 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 And what was that transition like for you? Like when you started getting headfirst into comedy, did you? I mean, were you working tons of odd jobs and just to kind of support that that end of it? (laughs) The nice thing about Humber is you get a diploma. And oh, nice. for com- comedy writing and performance. Wow. And it's accredited program. It's not like a just a, a course, you know. Right, right. And I uh, and I think a lot of comedians, especially like some of the older guys look down on the program because right. they're like, nah, you don't need no one to teach you how to do comedy, just do it." But right. they're missing the fact that like every day for 2 years you get to perform for an audience and be performed for so you come across all polished. the disciplines. It's an intensive workshop yeah like for two fucking years so i think it gives you you know you're in there for two years you're 21 by the time you get out you got a bit of a leg up on the rest of the 21 year olds because you're also going out and um performing um i lost my train of thought what were we just talking well no no just like about like i mean it sounds like you come out like a polished performer at the end of this i mean if you got two intensive years of being able to get up on stage and perform and, and 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 just to be able to come out so well ahead of so many other people. I, I've seen a lot of comedians that come out at 18 years old, and there's not a ton of. I think that there's a discipline lacking in a lot of things. Like you don't learn how to write, you don't learn how to how to sit, set time aside to to actually learn how to relate to an audience or perform. Like when you're, because I, I went to theater school for a year, and then I dropped out because I was like, well, okay. fuck, I can't, I can't cut this because it was more of a, it was more of a. Uh, I mean, this is an interview about me now. So anyway, hang on a second That's there, cool. Hunter. <laughs> No, no, but I mean, like when you go into these theater programs, and, and I'm talking about like these, you know, like more of the of the theater part of things, they have you do the technical side as long as well as the performance side. So you're learning about mm. you know stage lighting and sound yeah. and, and video and all that type of stuff. But with an intensive performance program, I think I can only imagine, man, getting up there every day and and learning those tricks of the trade to get up there. I mean, you must come out feeling comfortable and polished and and feeling like you can go up there and tackle. Yeah, for sure. I mean, stage time is. The best food for for a comedian, you're getting it every day, right? right. And um, but what I was going to say about the the di- diploma was that you can actually leverage that diploma to get work that exploits you creatively while you're trying to become a professional comedian, regardless of right. your discipline. So, I use my diploma to get a creative writing job, right? And I'm, I like what what an asset that is to have sure. someone who's you know on paper trained Absolutely. to be comedically. Uh, talented at writing. Yeah. So um, I used that. I got a cool job writing for this company called Experience It, mm-hmm. and they did uh, 
um, experiential training programs for businesses. So like oh, it's basically like live action role play that trained people to how to sodomize the world better. Like, like <laughs> companies no like Alcan and fucking banks and, uh, you know, HSBC. No way. Yeah. So that was really cool. So I would write like fake company histories for these people who were going to pretend to work for them and the fake products that they had to sell. So Holy shit. I'd make up fake pharmaceuticals if we were training really? a pharmaceutical company. And yeah. Wow. But then they, they had to let me go in. When the uh, recession hit in like oh eight oh nine oh nine yeah yeah right yeah and, right around uh, there yeah yeah so um, and there wasn't a lot of money in leadership and development which was right. the feel so I just I was at a time where it was like the perfect timing for me to jump over and just start doing comedy full time and yeah never look back you know comedy is such a interesting arena I, I was recently talking to somebody about this and and just how you know you're really signing up for a lifetime of of not knowing what's going to happen next there's a certain there's i mean, there I meet a lot of people where they need that security they need to check every two weeks they need to know where the work's coming from they need to know that they can buy a car and be able to afford the payments or a mortgage or whatever a comedy's not always like that oh, God. was that was that appealing to you or was that something that scared you it's yeah it's always a bit scary but uh, i th- you know like uh Oof, like the 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 cupboards are rarely stocked, you know. You're always <laughs> you're always just like going lots of ramen and too. <laughs> yeah. I eat well and I eat healthy, but it's yeah. like, fuck. What can we make with a sweet potato, a can of beets, and uh, you know, two strips of bacon? <laughs> the comedian diet, man. Yeah, well, it's good. It pays to be good in the kitchen too. Yeah. My dad always said, if you can cook and fuck, you're set. <laughs> Dude, I got to meet your dad. Oh, he's got lots of good lines. <laughs> Good observations, man. I love these. But yeah, it is scary. But I think after a while, and um, like you you have a body of work. Like I've been doing this professionally only only for five years, five and a half years, but it is still five. That's half a decade. Right. And I haven't had to declare bankruptcy. I've never made a derelict payment on my credit card. Right. Right. Never had to ask anybody for money for rent or anything. You know, like you survive. You learn to survive. And, uh, I think that that's uh, reassuring. Right. The body of work. Sure. Yeah. Fulfilling for you? Is it? Shit, yeah. It's my dream job, man. It it's is. the best. Yeah. It's, oh, fuck. Like, uh, and, and it's great because I used to only get these laughs in class, you know, and it was, it was considered disruptive. Right, right. And for this to be the, in, the in, intention of the gathering to just say these dumb things. Yeah. It's great. What's what's been the feedback like as far as some of your peers and and like people in in high school or friends growing up, family? Are they like, dude, I knew this is what you were gonna do? Or are they like, I had no idea you were gonna be a stand up comic? Um, I think people, you know, well, I mean, I was I was a funny clown guy, you know, yeah, I was yeah, definitely yeah. a class clown. Um, I'm the only one who decided to do it professionally, but um, feedback for I, I I only have a few friends from, from high school then, yeah. still. Um. It's like, yeah, I, I, like, cause when I, like when I was going to theater school, I'll, I'll see people around town once in a while. <laughs> They're like, you know, hey, what are you doing? And nothing to do with performance, nothing to do with theater, nothing to do with. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's just like. Yeah, right. You come out of high school and you're Accountants, like. Accountants, nurses. I be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of fall in line. And, and there's something very, there's something very unique about someone who takes something uh, that's not always tangible. You, you don't always know that the reward is going to be there at the end of that risk mm-hmm. and just that's make the life out of it, man. Yeah. That's pretty, it's pretty intriguing. Well, shit. fuck. It's like, I can't imagine, like, 
I can't imagine that accountant was their dream job, you know, sure. but maybe they have their dream quality of life. Yeah. So who am I to say? But if you have to anyone listening, if you have like friends who are in the performing arts and you're not, and like you used to go to high school with them, go see their shows. It's, it's so touching. Whenever right. I see an old face from high school, I'm like, yeah, shit. Thanks so much, man. I'm glad you came out and yeah. it's nice to catch up. And it's, it's a, it's a real joy to show, sort of show how you've turned your, buffoonery of yesteryear into a career into and a craft yeah yeah it's validating and it's always nice to see what they're up to too so go support your old your your old uh, performance <laughs> friends. absolutely yeah. man performing art friends is is the stand-up thing something that you want to do forever i mean is that something that you're just like this is it or do you want to you want to get more into the writing aspect do you want to get into the performance on tv and and sitcoms and all that type of stuff yeah, I naturally I want more for myself, but I love being there with the crowd live. So right. I'd like to sort of, I've got a bunch of slideshow bits that I do, where I do like this bit called Read the Fine Print, where I sort of, I Photoshop fake fine print into ads right. that I take pictures of around town. <laughs> or I'll do like, uh, you know, rejected Catholic saints and stuff like that. <laughs> and I just get these weird pictures of saints on online and just like make them out to, you know, be like the patron saint of what the fuck do you want me to do you know and they're just they're just looking all weird because all these old saint paintings are so bizarre um so i'd like to incorporate that in my show but so i'm gonna like i'd like to get a projector and a little portable screen yeah. or yeah, yeah. or even so just start working venues where they have those uh capabilities yeah, yeah yeah so i'd like to do that and um i do a lot of voiceover work right now which no has way. been really good because uh, I'm bilingual out of Toronto, right, right, so right, there's not right. a lot of French-speaking people aged 25 to 35. Sure. So I'm like the only guy in that bracket in town, so I'm getting all these voiceover gigs, Scouts huh? Canada gigs and no stuff. No way. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, plus, I get to meet all these hot little pieces of scout ass. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I'd like to, I'd, fuck, I'd love to, I don't know. I'd like to do some more writing for TV and stuff. I don't, it's it's hard though, you know. Like, you is submit. there is there that is that uh, is that an industry that that you don't that you think that uh, getting into in Canada is difficult, or is it more of like you're going to need to go to LA at some point to to take care of that shit? I'm not sh- I'm not sold on the on the move to America thing, quite right. frankly. But it's refreshing to hear. Yeah, um, uh, there are ways to make money at this here, and I I know it because I see it, and I and I do it at the end of the day. Sure, but. Um, I think it's a tight, tight knit group, and I think you just have to keep trying and trying, and just mm-hmm. keep proving. You know, like Bill Burr says, that your talent is undeniable. And but the thing is, it's a new type of rejection. Right. Like I'm, it was hard doing stand up at first because you're risking your ego every time you're up there. But then you develop a thick, calloused alligator skin, sure. and then having a joke bomb is. You got to look at that as a good thing because right. you learned something about it. Yeah. Um, but having your writing packages. Um, rejected or uh, you know writing a, a potential manager saying right. they can't take you on all that stuff sure. it's a new type of rejection that my skin isn't thickened to yet right, so, right. you just gotta keep doing it I got a couple screenplays going and nice get some heat from uh, I wrote a, a horror movie called Under the Knife really about an evil plastic surgeon no way yeah yeah and he just kills people by facelifting to death facelifting <laughs> them to death and like liposuctioning their organs out and stuff that's probably a pretty uh, a, a very uh, very possible thing man the way that uh, that our society is turning to that shit it is a big it's basis, a big commentary right? on the superficial nature that's pretty, of society that's, that sounds pretty, pretty good funny. man that sounds pretty good yeah, it's funny though because there's a there's there's a certain uh, innocence lost to comedy where when I get to go see you guys perform, a lot of people when they come to a comedy club, 
they see somebody get, get uh, you know get up on stage. They they do their they do their set, and it's very well done. It's very polished. These are jokes that have been working for you know a good time. Uh, they don't understand that there's been years of putting effort into this stuff. Some and people still think it's and, wacky make em ups. Yeah, yeah. Like you get up there and you just start riffing off the crowd. And I mean, there's some comedians that I've seen that are just do amazing crowd to work. They yeah. can do it for 45 minutes. But there's other people that this is something that they have to work at all the time and this is something that they have to completely craft and hone jokes do you find that you're pretty are you the guy that sits down and you try to write every day do you try to is it observations you see when you're out there is it yeah where do you i get operate your from, a, from i i'm pretty much a from a I write from a standpoint of i don't know serendipity i just let it come to me i'm not mm-hmm. very disciplined but i i'll meet up i have a few select friends that i meet up with and jam on jokes with nice because i i think we think the same way and right you know, uh, some of them are really close buddies and some of them are, are, are just like buddies, you know, yeah, but yeah, for yeah. some reason we jive, um, uh, comedically. Yeah. Um, so I'll do that, but, uh, no, I, I, I'm not a real grinder like that, but I like going on stage and just via like a defense mechanism. Sometimes you'll, cause the, the joke doesn't go well. You'll come up with an extra little something about it. Right. Just to save face, and that winds up being the best part of your joke. Right, right. And so I do a lot of that. Um, and I also, I, I love when uh, shit starts going. Like, I had a girl char- charge the stage last night. <laughs> that was going to be my next question, man. I was going to be Did like. Did you hear? No, no, no. But, like, I just remember because I started off the question saying, you know, comedy can be a very, you know, like, it, it takes away a lot of the, you know, uh, innocence. When you see someone up there struggling or you see something go sideways in a crowd and you there's some type of a fulfillment of like, I want to see how this fucking turns out. Like, Because mm-hmm. I can go to the club every weekend and see someone kill it. And I'm just like, yeah, I knew they were going to kill it because otherwise Yuck Yucks probably wouldn't have had them up on stage. Right. So people that are proven performers and have a good set, they know what they're doing. But when something happens different and that... and. The comic has to rely on that instantaneous, uh, you know, j- just Im- Im- improvise things. Yeah. And to see things happen, there's some weird fulfillment out of that to see someone act on their feet. That it's Hell not, yeah. Yeah. Because, that, because then you're, you've witnessed something come out of the ether, you right, know, like right. it's, you're sort of in on the, on the magic. I think it's a bit more special for the crowd in, yeah. that, in that way. Um, so yeah, take me to the, when something goes sideways, man. What, well, last night the show was going <clears throat> great, right? But there's this one woman in the back who um, she kept interrupting the host, right, with just inane bullshit, right? And uh, she had one of those voices that was, you know, like that voice where she's like, <laughs> "Oh my god, that's so weird." <laughs> she said, "Oh my god, that's so weird." During that one point, and then she was. Yelling other bullshit, so she she started piping up during my set, and I just was didn't want to have any of it. So I was like, "Isn't it funny how just after thirty six or thirty seven liters of jizz, your voice just turns out like that?" <laughs> and the crowd goes, "Oh shit!" And she storms the stage, man. She comes running serious? at me, and her boyfriend held her back. Holy shit! Yeah, and I was like, I was like, "Take your eight dollar haircut back <laughs> back to the back of the room." <laughs> She had these shitty bangs flailing around, <laughs> teased bangs. Oh and, my god! Uh, is this the first time that something's happened? Like, no, like, no, it's happened. I've, I've, I love these I've, stories. It's man. only the second time I've had the stage charged. <laughs> um, but her boyfriend dragged her back, and she kept trying to go at me, and no just way. pulled out some more heckle handles. And after the show, that's the thing everybody loved the most. People were like, "Dude, that eight dollar haircut line! I'm using that." <laughs> The only other time Ugh. someone charged me, I got a stage charged by a seven-year-old boy. I was really? doing this show at a diner, 
right? That was hosted by Mark DeBonis in... Uh, he's in town right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think he's in town. He's uh, hosting the show at a diner up in North York, I guess, at York University. And these, this family, for some reason, had their seven-year-old kids, like, helping them behind the counter, like, <laughs> making the food and shit. So I was like, what the fuck is this Bangladesh, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, then I, and then I was just on the stage side, and I had ordered a burger, and they forgot the cheese. And I was like, I don't know. I think your, your kid might be retarded. He forgot the cheese on my burger. <laughs> oh, shit. And then, and then the kid goes, you're not my dad. <laughs> and, that, and then the room blew up. But then I went, yeah, but I'm still fucking your mom. <laughs> so then the kid stormed the stage. Good right on, him. Oh, on him. He's taking his shit. Yeah, wow. I got to back him up, but I thought telling a seven-year-old kid I'm fucking his mom is one of the highlights of my career. <laughs> one you will be remembered for for generations, yeah. man. That is great. There's something about hearing these stories, man, where, where something goes sideways. is uh, It's kind of fun, man. It's, yeah, because it's, uh, it's, it's, like, it's the same reason we watch America's Funniest Home videos or we like watching animal attack videos because yeah. it isn't supposed to happen. Exactly. This is like... This isn't the this isn't the trajectory we were expecting, and I was telling my girlfriend this the other day. I, like I'm like I don't know like oh she says uh, I don't know why people watch America's Funniest Home Videos every week, and I'm like I mean I don't subscribe to it, but at the same time I'm like there's something about seeing somebody get hit in the balls with you know a baseball or someone go crashing through a fence trying to catch a football or, or you know a chimpanzee attacking somebody. Those are that's great, man. Yeah. I love it. I love that shit. Yeah. So it's it's. I think it reminds us of our own mortality is sure. the thing. And when you're faced with your own mortality, you have two choices. You can curl up into a ball and start becoming a quivering mess. Yeah. Or you can laugh about it. And right. I think that's right. that's the deep psychological crux of why we like comedy. It's just that's, a yeah. reminder of our own failure. Like when cavemen would try to hunt a mammoth and shit went awry and he just trunk slapped him uh, across the fucking forest. <laughs> And they decide to shit, you know, pull out, pull out, and escape. And they run back into the cave. They probably all looked at each other and were like, oh, that was oh, crazy. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's um, crazy, man. It's all, it's, yeah, it's all about perspective, you know? Like, it's yeah. funny, you see, you see a, you know, a, a young man slip and fall on the ice. That's hilarious, you know? Right. But you see an old lady fall on the ice. Twice as funny. Sure. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, that's horrible. <laughs> I know which one of us would rush to her aid that if uh, an old lady collapsed on the ice. <laughs> uh, I want to talk really briefly because I just found out that you are uh, your roommates with somebody, and I want to yeah. talk about some of the dark parts of comedy and the, oh, sure. the horror and the abuse that you've been subjected to living with Cal Post. How's oh, that yeah. been, man? Second best roommate I ever had. <laughs> Second best. Who was the first? The one who used to suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, I lived with the girl, but Cal's a great roommate, and we uh, we have fun. We're, we're not productive comedians. We have this awful basement apartment we call the crypt, but uh, it's cozy. We've turned it into a nice little home. We've, we play seasons upon seasons of NHL on Xbox. Um, we've even started making plaques for when we win the no Stanley way. Cup. Holy so shit. we take a picture of ourselves in front of the screen when it, when it cuts to the shot of the team with the cup, like the cup shot, so we... De- Peek our heads in and flash number one signs. Uh, and we erect plaques with fucking Stanley Cup banners. Like, 
Nashville Predators, 2019-2020 Stanley Cup no champions. Way. Yeah, yeah. Dynamite, man. I have never had so much deep conversation with somebody. that He could really go into the abyss with some of his knowledge, man. It's pretty yeah, crazy shit. Yeah, Cal's lived. Cal's, it's ama- I mean, it's amazing what he's had to go through. He's got sure. a fucked up childhood, but he's somehow like still solid and not... Uh, he's not a quivering mess. No. I know it's yeah, it's it's a crazy thing. Uh, speaking of comedians, though, man, like everybody is. Have you found this? My questions are all over the place. My my apologies, but I guess my initial thought was that a lot of people have had a lot of hands up in this business. A lot of a lot of people helping them out and helping them with yep. their career and people that they've looked up to over the years or that you just happened to meet Hell at yeah. a comedy show. Have you experienced a lot of that, or oh, what's the shit, industry yeah, been man. like for you? Like the the com- comedians, I think, are fundamentally good people there's right. like i can count the bad eggs on one hand sure in the performing side right um yeah uh, jason rouse is a huge help to me yeah i've he's, heard his name a million times on the he's show he's the sweetest yeah. man he's the got the he's the vilest comedian in the world but he's right. the sweetest fucking guy and i think people look at him right. and are uh, intimidated a bit cuz he's got a grill and fucking wears leather pants to bed you know <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, he took. He's he's brought. He started bringing me out to shows when I didn't know my ass from my elbow. Sure. Like like and giving me paid spots to host. Wow. And I don't know what he saw in me originally because he started working me before I like I, I could hold my own up there. Right. But ever ever since he's taken me on two, two he took me on a whole like asked for me to open for him for a cross uh, Eastern Canada tour and then a Western Canada tour this past spring wow. so he's been great joanna downey was always great to me sure. and yeah. was anytime there's a bailer at her weekly show at spirits she get yeah. me on and that's a great place to hone your uh, material pre-club you know right, it's like the right. last step before or bringing it to the big show you know right, like right. the ahl yeah and um so she's been great that's a very historic place i mean spirits yeah. been around for a long time I think oh yeah cal's running that now right yes yeah yeah and uh, brian O'Gorman, who's one of my uh, he's, we went to Humber together, but wow. he's uh, he sort of vouched for me at a lot, a lot of shows, and got yeah. me on a lot. And he's really funny, and all these guys are hilarious in their own respects. I love watching them all too. That's amazing, man. What's up next for uh, for Hunter, man? What's uh, what's going on next for you? You're you're off to Edmonton. Yeah, Jing, uh, just Edmonton. Uh, How long have you been then? on the road for? You? Is this just like a kind of you're just coming out to do the Calgary show, or are you? I mean, is there kind of a tour you're you're kind of doing right now? Yes. Four cities in okay. Western Canada. I did Yellowknife last weekend what was that for the like? first time. Look, I was I love Yellowknife. The shows were great, and I I don't know if I've ever been treated better by a by a booker. Like yeah, our ground travel, flight, food, booze. I was hammered every night. Everything was great. Uh, great pay, and yeah. uh, and I was ex- but I was expecting a sort of deeper cultural experience. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. I've expected. I don't know what I was expecting. If I, I thought I was going to be sewing a moccasin in a wigwam or something like that. <laughs> Ice fishing and like yeah, you know, going uh, after eat, seals. Eating, eating raven wings and stuff. <laughs> they got fucked up, steroided up ravens up there, by the way. I saw a raven steal a guy's kettlebell. Um, it's like, you're not using these, bro. I got this one. <laughs> the, the, the raven went to even lift as it took it away. <laughs> uh, but it was really just... The more I travel across this country, it's, I mean, out, the biggest differences are in the big cities. Sure. Like Calgary is different from Montreal as to Toronto as to, you know, St. John's, if you want to call that a big city, and Halifax right. and Vancouver. They all have their own identities. Right. But outside of that, I mean, I'm sorry to say, 
it's all the same fucking thing. Like yeah. whether it's Welland, Ontario, Medicine Hat, Alberta, right. or Yellowknife, it's all you know. There's an A and W, and then a shitty mall, right? And people are all very kind. And what's the turnout like in some of these cities? I mean, is because I'm, I'm I don't know for some reason I'm picturing Yellowknife as almost like a uh, like a Fort Mac type of a you know a lot of industry, a lot of work up there with you know I don't even know what Yellowknife would would you know spill out as far as work wise, but uh I'm just picturing that there's not a lot to do in that town. I'm sure the comedy clubs would be packed. Is that Oh it was packed. The was shows packed. were great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they were real laughers. It was funny. I mean the shows are always fun, but yeah. it's just there isn't a lot of diversity and I just mean that like it's not the, a lot of the cities aren't land. different. Yeah. yeah. Yeah yeah. It's a lot of hey how's she going bud and that's that's the whole <laughs> that's the whole country. Fucking giver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Outside of the big cities. Yeah. You know? And um like I learned a lot about Yellowknife and its history and stuff, just right. talking to people and about sure. how like they're having third generation Yellowknifers for the first time right. because it's only really been a, a settlement since World War Two ended. Wow! And uh, so they're struggling to provide uh, services for the elderly and stuff like that. But right. other than that, I mean, uh, just like going to any other town. Yeah, I mean, there's picture a town of twenty thousand people. Right. Everyone knows Alice is crazy. Yeah. Everyone knows. <laughs> Paul, uh, you know, <laughs> fucked his brother. <laughs> it's tight knit. <laughs> oh man, that's the beauty of, and that's the uh, that's the uh, it's the beauty and the uh, the ugly side of small towns, man. Yeah, I, I mean, good place I mean, to go to if you don't want anybody to know where you end up, and and it's a horrible place to be if you don't want anybody to know your fucking business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, apparently a lot of people are in Yellowknife because they're running away from stuff. That's what I was, was gonna say, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it takes what it takes two hours to fly there from Edmonton, Holy or shit. sixteen hours to drive. Isn't that? I'm, I'm not even kidding. Isn't that messed up? Two hours versus sixteen. <laughs> it's like. Fucking sleds and uh, what kind of dogs zigz- and stuff you got to ride in to get yeah. up there. Holy Jesus. Yeah, zigzaggy ass car. Are you 16 hour drive. Just crab walking. <laughs> crab driving. Yellow knife. So that was, yeah, that was, that was weird. But that is crazy. Shows were good. Yes. And then I came to Calgary. Having fun here. I got a bunch of friends in the heavy metal community here. We get nice. to hang out and catch up with them. I got a cousin here and. Next will be Edmonton, and then I'm doing a one-nighter in Drumheller, which I'm really excited about because I'm, I'm big yeah, into dinosaurs. Even, yeah, 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 yeah. And they have right. a killer dino museum. They've got a great museum over there. And yeah. apparently, I don't know if this is true, but apparently, you might know, like apparently it's, there's been like a lot of people have left Drumheller in the past 30, 40 years, and that they erected a bunch of these life-size dinosaur statues years ago, but didn't maintain them. And now it's like a scene from the Fallout video game where it's yeah. like dilapidated dino Yeah, you statue. can go see these yeah, these things that are just kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Fucking and they, Cyborg dinos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty killer, man. Oh, and they got a great wait. prison up there, apparently, too. Oh, quality the prison. Drumheller pen. Yeah. If you're to get incarcerated, <laughs> try the sodomy <laughs> at Drumheller. <laughs> I had a girlfriend that uh, her... Her sister's boyfriend was in the pen, and uh, he used to just be a nice guy and drive her up on the weekends and drop her off for the mm-hmm. conjugal visit for the weekend. Wow. And so, yeah, we'd stop off, and she'd buy groceries, and uh, you know, they'd have like a little apartment set aside for the prisoner, so you could go and hang out with your husband for the weekend. Is it, is it true that if your husband's incarcerated and it's a conjugal visit, you have to fuck him in the ass? You know what? Prison, <laughs> prison rules? Only if there's packs of smokes involved. It's a trade-off. <laughs> That's such a great... You should implement that in your bit. Man. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's my brand, a, for sure. 
Where can people find you, Hunter? Where uh, you're, you're on Twitter. We connected on uh, yes. Twitter. Hunter underscore Collins. I back up my Twitter game. Yeah, yeah. It's you don't pretty, fuck around with the Twitter, man. No, it's pretty scandalous. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you could. I have my website's huntercomedy.com, and so my Instagram's huntercomedy, and uh, that's pretty much where you can find me. Perfect, man. Well, hey, thanks for doing this, man. Oh, my pleasure, Jake. Thanks for having me. Make sure to say hi to Cal for me. Hey, you got it. Love to come back next time through. Absolutely. All right, and there you have it, folks. Didn't I tell you? Awesome guy. Hunter Collins is his name. Check him out. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Anyway, folks, that's it for us. Stay tuned. We've got some great episodes coming up, some awesome interviews in the can we were going to be shipping out to you shortly. So, on behalf of all the crew at Yuck Yucks, Mr. Mark Breslin, my executive producer, Kira Williams, the webmaster, Camille Suravi. I can't fucking... i got to talk to you on the phone, Camille. I don't know how to say your last name. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, I just had a meltdown. I'm sorry. I love you, Camille. Tell me your name before you get married, just so I can master it. That's it, folks. I'm out. See you next week.